Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast. Join Corbin and Alan, along with guest hosts, as they bring their love for the cinema to discuss films from every genre and decade. Learn about the history of the film, little-known facts, and insightful explorations while they enjoy discussing your favorite film. The curtain is rising and your podcast is starting. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your guide to the silver screen. Welcome back, listeners, to the second installment in our Rocky movie review series. Today we are reviewing Rocky 2. This is your co-host, Corbin. And I'm Alan. And we are actually doing this review together. You are, yeah, it, with uh, with uh, some fancy mics. Um <laughs> finally able to do a review together it's been a while since we had last part together to get to do a review yeah i'm i'm honestly struggling to remember the last time it was it's been many months maybe you were down here during covid at least during one point i don't think so i think so gosh okay now i gotta look that up after the show because i'm curious but this is the very first time at least we're doing this together at my new place yep so, of course, we do have the timestamps in the description below if you don't want to hear us ramble on about my new place. <laughs> <laughs> then if you just want to skip ahead to what we think about the movie, don't worry, we're going to get there very soon. But anyways, those timestamps are in the description below. Very easy for you to find and to jump ahead. Thanks to Alan and the magic of editing. He always puts those timestamps down there, so don't forget about those. Also, if you are listening on iTunes right now, go ahead and just leave us a five-star rating. That actually really helps us um, get noticed in the rankings. It helps us get recommended to other people that want to listen to a fun movie review podcast. It helps grow the Silver Screen Guide community. That is an easy, free way for you to help us out. And of course, if you're not listening on iTunes, no matter where you're listening, the same thing helps. The reason we do promote iTunes in that way is because Rotten Tomatoes looks at iTunes. They look at how many ratings you have and that determines um, whether you are a bona fide critic or not. So um, the more ratings we do get over on iTunes, the more we can uh, reach our goal of becoming verified critics on Rotten Tomatoes. So we don't just have to report on it. We can actually influence the Rotten Tomatoes critic score. So that's a great free way to help us out. If you do want some bonus content and you do want to help us out financially as well, head on over to our Patreon page. Once again, all of the links are in the description below. There's so much in that description. If you're not checking that out, that's just not what the show is about. That has links to our social pages, links to all of the podcast platforms we are on. We're on every major podcast platform. And also, um, we do give you recommendations. We have, we've been doing this for four years now. So we have a lot of content out there and we curate a list of content that we think would go nicely with this episode. So when you're done, of course, we want you to go back and look through the archives and see what you can find there because we have something for everyone. But we also do have that curated list that we think would go nicely so you can jump in to something else that we uh, have done as well. Honestly, I really haven't seen many other movie review podcasts curate that content in the description below. I, as far as I can tell, we're some of the only ones that are doing it. So that's just an easy way for you to keep listening to our content and for you to find similar reviews that we've done for your listening enjoyment. So, Alan, it comes as no surprise that a film that wins Best Picture of the Year makes about 225 times its budget yeah. back in a crazy way 
It wins three Oscars, get 10 Oscar nominations, and it's just an overall crowd pleaser. It's no surprise that we're getting a sequel to this movie. Oh, yeah. No no surprise at all. Uh, I was almost pretty much expecting it, especially after the wild success that was Rocky 1. Um, so at this point, it was basically a given um, that Rocky would essentially come back again uh, for a sequel. I, I was pretty much expecting it, I'm, and I'm sure that uh, a lot of people were as well, especially when it got to the Oscars and got Best Picture. It is interesting. People did have to wait uh, about two and a half years because the first film came out in December. This next one, they're going for that um, summer release. They're really hoping to get that blockbuster money yeah. uh, for when it came out. Um, it also looks like Sly Stone, he got nominated for, for the first film for acting and writing. Looks like he's kind of going for that triple threat here. Um, John Alvidson is nowhere to be seen. I was pretty surprised to see in the credits that Sylvester Stallone is directing this time. Yeah, I was surprised by that too. Um, directed and written by Sylvester Stallone to see that. Uh, interesting choice, I guess. Uh, I mean, I'm not too surprised that, you know, he took their directing role this time because last time he, uh, while well, he wrote the film, um, or at least a good portion of it, uh, it was... Of course, Alvidson, who had taken the reins to direct. So I'm not surprised this time around to see him now taking the role of director over a Rocky film. Uh, maybe that way he can maybe fully express his vision for whatever Rocky film is going to come after this one. I mean, I guess we'll get into that in a second, but I can kind of see where maybe um, him taking on the director's role would be something that he is really pushing for, especially what happened with what happened with the first one, where it was a smashing success. And he's still very young at this point. When the first one came out, he was 30. He is 32 when this movie comes out, really right on the edge of turning 33 because he was born July 6th. This film came out June 15th, 1979. So he's still very young and he's still very hot commodity. We're still about three years-ish off from the Rambo series kicking off which we have reviewed all of the Rambo films. So if you haven't heard our reviews on those, that was actually the very um, very first retrospective we did. Yes, it was, yeah. So definitely go and check out our reviews for Rambo, another Sylvester Stallone series that also became very popular. And he kind of had two competing franchises going mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, next week when we talk about Rocky Three, I'll bring up First Blood because they came out just months apart from each other, which... Uh, I guess it's not totally unusual anymore. We have like uh, The Rock who likes to do like five movies <laughs> for, right. for different franchises right. like all in the same year. But nevertheless, we can tell right from the beginning, Sylvester Stallone is very much a rising star. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Especially at this point, now that he did Rocky um, and then went on to do uh, First Blood. Yeah, his name is more or less, if it isn't solidified already, it's at least on its way. Um, solidifying his name as like a big name actor, uh, especially during the 80s, 70, late 70s and early 80s. I also noticed that Bill Conti came back to uh, do the score for the film. That's right. He did. And now usually he's with uh, Albertson. They do work together quite often. Yeah. And that's interesting that they were not separate. I don't know why um, Alvidson didn't come back. Um, we know that he is going to be jumping on the Karate Kid series after, before too long. Right. Surprise. We've also reviewed all of the Karate Kid films. Right. So 
definitely check those out, especially because I know a lot of people are enjoying Cobra Kai on Netflix. So we've got all the reviews for those. And I am going to get to Cobra Kai. I'm also trying to finish Treadstone and Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles. <laughs> it's taken a bit, but don't worry. Those reviews are coming as well. So I'm guessing, were you able to find anything for the budget for this movie? Yes, I have a budget of $6.9 million, which is higher than, I think last time it was, how much was it, four? No, it was straight up a million. That's right. No, you're right. It was a million. So technically it it got uh, seven times more of the budget this time around. Yeah, I would hope so. So, I mean, yeah, that's definitely a safe bet to give this movie $7 million. Mm Mm-hmm. Was it duly rewarded at the box office? So, at opening weekend, it got back $7.5 million, So, technically, it did make back its budget opening weekend. Uh, domestically, $85.2 million. Foreign markets at $115 million for a worldwide total of $200.2 million. So, yeah, it still did very well in the box office compared to what came before it. So, this is essentially um, almost garnering for a third film at this point. Nice, yeah. That seems like it did really well at the box office. Yeah. But the question is, did audiences and critics like it? Right. So still rather positive. Not, Of course, not as high as last time, but still rather positive. Uh, IMDb score of a 7.3, um, which is up up there. Metascore of a 61, which is just barely in the green. Mm, um, yeah. Rotten Tomato score of a 72% critic score and a surprisingly high 82% audience score. Yeah, 82% is higher because um, the last film had a 69% um, right. audience score, which, um, yeah, that's a significant difference. Significant difference. Uh, there was no cinema score. I didn't really expect it to be because it is old enough. Yeah, cinema score wasn't even invented yet. <laughs> right. And letterbox score of a 3.6. So it looks like audiences rather enjoy it. Um, yeah. Critics, not so much, it seems like. Um, but it's still very much positive all the way around. Yeah, all the way around. So that's good to hear that eh, anytime, a, I don't know, anytime a sequel comes out, you got to be wary that it's just not going to live up to the original. Right. And it seems like across the board, people generally agree that the second one isn't quite as good, right. but they still think it's a pretty good movie, except there is kind of that anomaly over there on the Rotten Tomato audience score with an uh, 82%. Uh, very much higher than that one. So I guess yeah. Rotten Tomato audiences thought this movie was quite a bit better. Yeah, which is still surprising. That's a almost 20% difference. The thing that did surprise me in some ways, but in some ways it didn't, um, this film had no presence at the Oscars. Did it really? I guess I... No, I guess you're right. Yeah, I did look this up. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised because the first one, yeah, was big at the box office. Um, or sorry, big at the Oscars. It, I mean, it won Best Picture overall. But to see the sequel not get anything, I mean, eh, I guess that's almost par for the course. Uh, where it seems like you know a movie that's like this goes back. Or the first one went crazy. The Oscars kind of does not go back the second time. We've seen that before. Yeah, I was wondering, is this going to be a Godfather 2 situation Mm -hmm. where it it kind of comes back and gets all the love? No, it didn't get anything at all. It was completely overlooked by the Oscars. Don't worry, the franchise will return to the Oscars, but not this time around, I guess. Right. So, Alan, it's 1979. It's almost the 80s. Woohoo. So, you see this trailer on TV. Clearly, you liked 
the first one. Are you going to go back and see this next one either opening weekend based upon the trailer or at least sometime during its theatrical run? So, I mean, it may it might not get me in the theater. Um, I don't oh. know exactly, you know, what they would do with a Rocky 2. Because mm-hmm. um, I felt like the first one was, you know, pretty cut and dry, you know. So, I mean, I would be curious. I'd be curious to see, you know, you know where are they going to go now with Rocky, especially now that it's a rematch. I, I think that might be something that's a little bit... Um, uh, you know, a cash grab. Um, but this trailer also shows way too much. Um, we've seen, this is also nothing new to have, you know, a trailer show, you know, way more than it really ever should of the film that kind of gives away, you know, it's very important plot points. Uh, but it does give away, you know, just way too much. Absolutely. This trailer would get me into theaters to see this movie. I mean, the first was a great standalone all by itself. We didn't really need a sequel. But it looks like a logical follow-up, and of course the ending of the first movie was going to leave audiences wanting more. You can't just be satisfied with just it being this kind of tie, but Apollo wins by default. So we can see that that's where the plot is going to go. But like you said, Alan, I don't like that the trailer gives away major plot points. Um, And the other thing is, it's, it's kind of a curiosity, especially looking back on it now, so I'm taking myself out of 1979. Um, even though in the 70s, Godfather 2 won Best Picture and same with Godfather. So my curiosity would be Rocky 1. Could Rocky 2 be the next Best Picture as well? Could that happen just like it happened with The Godfather? Um, because honestly, I can't think of any Best Picture winners that have had a theatrical sequel outside of the Godfather trilogy. I honestly can't think of of any of them. It's just something that really doesn't happen. So for that case alone, it kind of feels like, oh, Best Picture winners getting a sequel? That's that's unusual. That really doesn't happen. So um, there's a lot of reasons to get me in theaters. I think the trailer's pretty well put together, except uh, they do show way too much. So um, I'm glad I didn't watch the trailer before I saw the movie because there's a lot of this stuff I had no idea we were in for going in. Um, for it, but definitely I'm I'm there opening weekend. And I believe you mentioned in the last podcast that you haven't seen this this one, right? Yeah, this this, is, first time. this is my first time for all of these. Yeah, this may as well have been my first time. I believe I actually have seen this film before. It's just very vague. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, this time I didn't remember anything really that was coming up, and I was actually surprised at a lot of the things we get. Mm-hmm. Well, listeners, if you haven't seen Rocky 2 and you don't want the film spoiled for you, then I recommend you click pause right now. Go ahead and watch the film and then come back and click play and we'll be ready to talk about it. All right. Well, this plot is, uh, I guess, rather short um, because it's a rather simple plot, but here we go. After the fight between Rocky Balboa and Apollo Creed, Apollo wants a rematch. Once Rocky gets back home, he marries Adrian, who later becomes pregnant, buys a new car and a new house. However, this wild spending runs the Balboas out of money, and Rocky ends up having to get a job. Meanwhile, Apollo can't stand all the hate mail he's receiving and employs his marketing team to pull Rocky out of hiding. Eventually, Rocky accepts Apollo's proposal, despite initially retiring from boxing. But because of Adrian's disapproval, Rocky has a hard time taking it seriously, which only worsens when she gets into the hospital. When she wakes, she tells Rocky to go and win. This gives Rocky the motivation to train, and another montage ensues where he tries to break his southpaw style. It's Thanksgiving and the fight begins. A suspicious deja vu. Rocky and Apollo trade blows back and forth and they head into the 15th round once again. 
They both collapse on the ground as the referee counts. Rocky stands to his feet just before he hits 10, stealing the world championship away from Apollo. Yo, Adrian, I did it, Rocky says to the interviewer as credits roll. Now, the opening of the film felt familiar. Yeah, very familiar. (laughs) Now, why did it feel familiar? Oh, wait, because it's the very end of the first film. They repeated it, and it feels even more familiar because when we reviewed all the Karate Kid films, this is how I think at least the original trilogy opened for the most part was with the ending or endings or something like that Mm -hmm. of the previous movie. So we can't really give... John Alvidson, the credit for coming up with this, since he apparently had no involvement with Rocky II. Right. It seems more so that he just cribbed off of Rocky <laughs> II, took this idea. Now, keep in mind, you probably weren't getting your hands on a copy of this. Um, they didn't mass produce home video um, in the late 70s. I don't even believe the rental store was a thing until somewhere in the 80s. Yeah. Um, maybe you caught it on TV, but you know they also wanted to bring audiences that had never seen the first movie and were just excited to see this one. And it makes sense because this is one of those things kind of uh, made me think of Halloween 2, which we've also reviewed. Yeah. Where it's just it just flows right into the movie, right into the next story. It's like a direct continuation. Right. No, you're absolutely right. It feels very much kind of like that, where it, it's essentially you can watch these two movies back to back almost, um, and they'll flow from one to the other. Now, that there's a big difference in style between these two, um, but they, for the most part, they flow nicely into one another. So it's kind of like one of that. So I wonder if it's going to be the same thing as number three, although I do have my doubts. Um, but it does, we have seen this before. Uh, you, you mentioned Karate Kid, um, which is a great example of that, where all three of those films are kind of tied, or at least the first trilogy, they're all kind of tied together. Um, you can watch them back to back almost. And I wonder if it's going to be here. I mean, we have more to go through. We have, uh, I don't know how many, at least six or seven, um, Rocky films that are out there. So I wonder, you know, if this is going to be a running thing. Yeah. I wonder that too. Are they all going to be really tightly connected I don't know. It, it's setting up a precedent that could happen with Rocky Three. I'm really curious to see because I don't remember it all. Right. But nevertheless, I feel like this is a pretty logical continuation of where we left off, or at least the story of the first one. The first 30 minutes is kind of goes fast, I would say. Um, yeah, yeah, really fast. It goes fast because Rocky and Apollo both go into surgery. They recover. And then he marries Adrian, and then they get pregnant, and then he tries to capitalize off of his success. It doesn't work. So then he falls flat on his face and just uh, can't even hold down a job at the meat plant. That's like within the first 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah, there's a ton to get through with this opening act. Uh, You had to set up, yeah, Rocky kind of going through a couple of jobs, um, trying to get his life back in order after doing some Spending that you have money that you know he had, but uh, you know doesn't have a lot of, uh, not any uh, income streams. So we do get to see him go through that. Now I do want to come back to this a little bit later um, in the disappointing section. But yeah, there's a lot that happens in this opening act to kind of set up you know where Rocky is at in his life when it gets to at the middle portion of the film. But something this film does that the last film didn't really do, which I think was the right move, but I'm glad we're focusing more on it this time. We do also get a 
bit of more balance with Apollo Creed. Yeah, that's true. That's true. His character becomes much more important and it does kind of set up this dichotomy of, okay, well, this is how it's affected Rocky's life, but it also has affected Apollo's life because technically it was a tie, but they couldn't, they couldn't leave it as a tie. So they had to have the judges vote on it and the judges voted to give it to uh, Apollo Creed, who was defending his title. Right. But I like how Apollo and Carl Weathers does such a brilliant job in this movie. He is so egotistical and defensive, even though he said there ain't going to be no rematch. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a rematch. So I like that we have that kind of fire that's been lit under Apollo to basically uh, keep his ego afloat. Rocky's just trying to keep his new marriage and their livelihood afloat. Yeah. Yeah. And we do kind of get to see a little bit more of a human side to Apollo as well, because, you know, originally he was just like a fighter who wants to defend his title, right? And rival somebody who in reality wouldn't really have much of a chance, um, only be surprised that he does, right? So there isn't like a whole lot of exploration with this character in the first one. And so in the second one, you get to go kind of deeper into that, into his character to see, you know, what is the outcome of his loss with uh with with his loss from rocky right technically the loss right and so it is interesting to see you know him getting hate mail and how he's reacting to it you do get to see get to see some of his family life with his wife um which we didn't get to see the the first one i don't think um so you you do kind of get there the the home essentially of apollo creed a little bit more um it's interesting i i do kind of like that because you get to know your villain a little bit more your antagonist a little bit more um he's not exactly super deep or anything but we are spending more time with him we kind of get to somewhat understand what his thoughts are um about wanting to rematch even though initially saying no i don't want to rematch now we're getting into his character a bit more and are able to kind of explore that idea of well why would he want to rematch yeah, I really like the dichotomy between the differing character motivations here. I I really think this was a smart move to take the Rocky character. I think it's a really good direction because the first movie is about him going from a nobody to a somebody and really struggling with that fact. Mm-hmm. And then he basically fights himself out. He punches himself out and it's it would be really unhealthy for him to go back into the ring. Somehow we get like 10 more sequels. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Apparently he's okay. But there is that struggle. And um, especially about halfway through the movie, he really has to kind of choose between his wife and his soon-to-be baby um, or going back into the ring, doing what he loves. Does he kind of give up his passion for his family or is he able to find the balance between both? I think this is a smart direction. I think this is a nice character struggle. Yeah, and it kind of brings into that uh, that idea of like you know a man who is now becoming a father, right? It's fine, like you were just talking about finding that balance between the two of them. Because I'm, I would imagine that there are a lot of men who are older than than Rocky is, probably in their late forties, who have kids who are not able to find you know some way to outlet their hobby or some way to outlet some kind of passion that they have because they're so devoted to their family, right? And finding that balance, this might be a very important movie for them to find, you know, to get some motivation and finding that balance of things that you do love while also things that you like, you need to have a responsibility for, right? That of taking care of your family. You know, this is an exploration of, is there a balance between those two things? Is there a balance between, you know, living your own personal life and doing what you, you know what you love to do? 
versus also doing the things that you need to be responsible for. That is taking care of your family, you know, bringing in the money for them, that kind of a thing. Now, I got to say, all of the characters, I think they really flawlessly just step back into these roles as if they never left the roles. You know, sometimes you worry like, oh, it's been a couple of years. Are they going to be able to really recapture that character? Mm-hmm. I don't really have a problem with um, any of these performances and how these characters come back into the role. I got to say, I love Burgess Meredith as um, Mickey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really like he gets a bit more of a chance to be a spotlight and to play off Rocky a little bit more. He does incredible. Plus, I think he's hilarious. I think his really snarly attitude is just really fun to watch. Yeah, he definitely also shows like, you know, a man who is essentially only living for his passion. Right. And so you do get to see that that dichotomy between Rocky, where he's like stuck in the middle of these two ideals, that of a man who has pretty much only devoted his entire life to the thing that he loves. Versus his wife, who represents, you know, of course, that family side of him. So you do kind of see him wrestle between these two, these two ideals, especially into the end of that second act when, uh, what's her name? When Adrian gets sick and she's Mm. in the hospital, Mm -hmm. you really get to see how, how much Rocky struggles between, you know, what should I do? Should I continue to try and train for this fight? Um, or should I be there to take care of my wife, right? Should I, what should I do? What's more important to do the thing that I love or to take care of my family? It, there is a big struggle there at that in the end of the second act. There is that struggle. And it, it's kind of interesting how um, Sylvester Stallone seems to work his Christian faith into the movie yeah. where uh, he wants that blessing from Father Carmine <laughs> yeah. before he goes to the match and the Car- Father Carmine is like, what do you want? Okay, sign of the cross and says it in Italian. It's just kind of funny. And yeah, it, it is interesting. Um, Sylvester Stallone does put um, faith, I don't know, a lot more in this movie, I would say, yeah. than the previous one, which try doing that nowadays. I mean, maybe if you're Martin Scorsese, you could make silence or something. I'm trying to think of something that's semi-mainstream that has done that. But nevertheless, I thought that was pretty refreshing to see he was able to put that in here. Yeah, it's very interesting to see because, as you're mentioning, it's not very often you see a mainstream film have, you know, a level of faith added to it. Um, so it isn't exactly, you know, like preaching to its audience. No. It's very subtle. It's, it's showing, you know, Rocky putting his faith, putting his trust and putting his faith into that of his religion, right? So we do get to see moments where he's where he's praying, there's a moment where like, during the second act, the end of the second act, like I was talking about, where he does spend a lot of time in the chapel that's a part of the hospital um, as he's trying to work together through that, um, you know, the two sides of his life, his love, his passion and his responsibility. And so you do get to see how, you know, relying on this, relying on Christianity does help him come to that come to that point where he finds that middle ground. And then, of course, Adrian is the one who is on the other side who gives him the push, you know, as her approval that you can, you know, do the thing that you love, right? So you don't, you know, don't just do something that you know you need to do, but also do something that you know that you love. And it's not just all about the drama here. I'd say there's quite a bit of comedy in this movie as well, or at least comedic lines anyway. Um, I was cracking up, literally laughing out loud at the chicken chase scene. Ah, yes. Where um, they have to come up with new training methods to you know, throw Apollo off because Apollo is going to be expecting what he got last time. Right. So Mickey has him chase around a chicken and Rocky says, I feel like a Kentucky fried idiot. (laughs) And I just thought that was kind of funny. And one of the other lines that I liked was when Mickey says, 
you gotta snarl. He says, when you snarl, it gives you what the Bible calls a psychological edge. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what he's talking about, but it it was pretty funny. I thought um, there was just a number of other lines that I just, I personally found to be pretty funny. So I like that. I think Stallone realized with the Rocky character the first time around that he really is this kind of like every guy, just really likable character, easy, easy to get along with. I think he capitalizes that on this movie a bit more kind of hams up the character uh, a little bit more than maybe in the first one. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I guess don't really necessarily think the same way. Um, We uh, we can probably go into deep uh, talk about this a bit more when we get to that section of the podcast, but I found Rocky's character to be more compelling from the first one than here, way more compelling the first in the first movie. Um, They kind of play up that he has some kind of uh, mental issues because of his boxing, but they don't really ever go there. They like bring it up briefly like once. Um, So it just made me wonder if that's what, you know, is that what Sylvester Stallone's trying to play up or like what the deal is. But with the Rocky character, um, I felt, I guess I found him more compelling in the first one than here in the second one, mostly because you do get to see him kind of just living a life, right? It's very much, as I mentioned in the first podcast, almost as if they took a camera and just stuck it and followed a man for a week or so of his life just to get footage for, you know, trying to piece together a story. Um, whereas it was this one, with this one, it feels more like a film. It's it shot and edited more like a typical Hollywood film would, which also plays into its own characters. But we can talk about that in a second. Um, but I do find his character, regardless, to be one that, you know, this is a relatively understandable struggle that he still goes through. And with the struggle that he does have, I do find that to be, you know, relatively intriguing. But I think I find the first one of this character to be a little bit more engaging for me. Yeah, I definitely find I definitely find a struggle to be relatable and definitely engaging. I just think it's some of these lines that they're they kind of come across as one liners that I feel like are meant for a little bit more of laughs instead of a little bit more serious. So I just feel like Sylvester Stallone might be playing that part of the character up a little bit more than last time. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm not saying that I don't like it. I'm just saying I feel like it's kind of what you're saying, Alan. I think the realism goes down a little bit in this movie. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I got to say probably my favorite scene in the whole movie, aside from the ending fight, which I found to be pretty exciting. But um, honestly, it just put a smile on my face when Rocky is running through the streets. People are cheering him on. He's the people's champ because he really is just this regular guy. Yeah. He, he can't read very well. I mean, he can't even keep his job at the meatpacking plant, but this is what he can do well. And that inspires other people. And I just think the scene is captured really well. And um, they remixed, they did a new um, rendition of Gonna Fly Now. Mm-hmm. You can hear like kids singing and it is really fun when all of a sudden like just one after another, more and more kids start following him. And then he's like running with the kids in the street and running up the steps. It's just really like lighthearted and inspiring. It just put a smile on my face. I like that scene. You know, I agree with you. I think this is a very well done scene. It it really feels very motivating, especially coming from the first one. The first one, you know, of course, it's known for its training montage, which is this, and then ending with the scene where he goes up the staircase um, in success. So yeah, it very much captures that similar feeling there, but there is also the added element where you do have the kids in the background and people are cheering, go Rocky, you know, 
Um, so yeah, I do agree. This is a very well done scene. It was, I feel like the also extension on from this is that when they're building up to the fight, I feel like they build up a lot more to the fight. Like there's a lot of build up to when they finally get into the ring and Apollo and, uh, and Rocky begin actually fighting. And this is only serving onto that, this small little training montage that they have. Yeah, I totally agree. I think they build up to it a lot more. I think they also heighten the intensity because mm -hmm. Apollo is crazy. He is ready to win. He's just going through sparring partners like they're nothing. And yeah. he's just putting the beat down on them. So once they step into the ring, I don't know. I, I think my blood pressure went up a little bit <laughs> because I'm just really on edge to see how this fight is going to go. And once again, I think the uh, cinematography, for the most part, when it comes to this fight, like those over the shoulder shots are really well done. Yeah. It really puts you in that ring with them. I find the fight to be intense. For the most part, I think the punches look real. They really throw their head and they throw their hands really well. Um, there is some slow motion that was kind of cool, but then like the final bit of it, it was kind of like almost too much when they're both falling down together. Yeah. That kind of uh, ruined ruined it for me there. <laughs> I agree with you for the most part. Uh, this ending fight is a lot of, is, you know, really in, pretty intense, um, especially, you know, especially coming off of the first one. And I'm kind of torn between which one I find to be the one that I think is better than one or the other. I, th um, I think they're both very comfortable, comp comparable to one another um they both feel they're both very intense in their own ways um but yeah you're right it did it, they do use a lot of slow motion but i feel like now you can kind of see too how much more budget they had because they don't have to try and hide the audience too much um when it right. comes to them fighting because when they were in the ring you could kind of tell that they were trying to hide you know showing too much of the audience because it, there probably wasn't no audience out there um but this time around they do get to show a bit more so that also kind of helps you know, give a little bit more to the fight as if, you know, you're the cameraman who's filming this outside of the ring. Well, this movie isn't all great, though, I will say. Yeah. Do have some issues with it. Um, One of my, probably one of the, like the biggest things that I just found to be a little disappointing, maybe, I felt like they dragged it out too long. That's Adrian in the hospital montage. It's kind of boring. And is there honestly any worry she's not going to pull through? I mean, what did you think, Alan? I wondered if, you know, she would end up dying in this film. I don't see, you know, what at the time I really didn't see, you know, what exactly that would solve. Um, <laughs> you know, what what it what lesson is going to be taught to our character of Rocky. So I kind of figured that it's not going to be the case. But you're right. There is that moment. And I, I, I can kind of justify that montage or that moment, the moments where she's in the hospital. I can kind of justify it as, you know, this is like Rocky's like harrowing moment. You know, is he going to be able to pull out of this uh, and do the thing that he loves? Or is he going to be, you know, completely serving to his family and only his family? Right. It's a battle between, you know, is he going to do what he is? It, is he going to be able to pull out and still find that balance or not? You know, I found that to be engaging. But at the same time, you know, it, it's still that that battle is going on despite Adrian being in the hospital. So that, I guess that didn't really bother me too much. Um, the For me, I think it was the first act that bothered me the most out of, out of anything else here. Um, but that didn't really bother me too much. I felt like I was more in tune with the character at that moment, trying to understanding you know, where he's coming from and what he's battling with here. I never was not engaged with this film. Like I told you, I had some criticism with the last one where the second act felt a little too slow for me. I didn't really have that here. I just felt like 
the montage of her being in the hospital, they just were dragging it on too long. That was kind of my biggest thing. Mm -hmm. But I am curious to know what about the first act that you had issues with. I just felt like the first act was way too choppy. Um, Like we're going through several different scenes to try and explain where uh, Rocky is with his life. There is even a scene where he get, he does get a job at the meat factory, but I feel like it's completely wasted because he gets the job and no more than five minutes of screen time later, he loses the job. And it's like, there's very little set, very little that's lost because he then finds a job with Mickey not long after that. Um, so I don't know, I guess I just found um, some of the aspects in the opening acts to be very, very choppy as if we wanted to get through so many different things to explain to the audience, this is where Rocky is in his life, but they don't do it in a very satisfying and very, uh, a way that's, you know, that flows nicely. It feels like, you know, they just, they're rushing through just to get to the, the point where we finally get to see, you know, Apollo wants to have a rematch. And that's where I think where the film starts to find its footing. And after he finally gets, you know, a job with Mickey, that's kind of where the film starts to groove itself and feels a bit more smoother after that. The opening act to me just felt way too, way too uh, rocky, (laughs) if I could say. Yeah, I don't know why we needed to have so many major life events occur so quickly. I was I was shocked that um, I knew Rocky does have a son. I had no idea he is born in the second one. Yeah, with a full head of hair. With a full head of hair. I don't know why he needed to do that, except the stakes are higher, I guess, that he has now two mouths to feed, three if you include his own. Now he even has a baby to take care of. And I think there really is that poignant scene where Adrian is pregnant and she says, I don't mind going back to work part time at the pet shop. And he says, I'm the one that's supposed to be providing. And she's like, no, it's okay," And just shows how good of a wife she is. Mm-hmm. to him but you can also just see how emasculated he feels because he is really trying his best but he doesn't have a degree like uh, he goes to all these unemployment offices he doesn't have a degree he really doesn't have much upward mobility but he is a uh, great at boxing that's the one thing he can do but that's the one thing his wife doesn't want him to do so he right. does he does have that struggle but getting back to what you said about the first act Um, I felt like I did kind of get a little bit of whiplash going through it just because I didn't realize that, um, I don't even, I don't even know, um, how much of a time we, we know this movie goes through at least nine months. I would think almost a year maybe until the next rematch. So they do cover a lot of time in a two hour movie, but you're right. Um, it is crazy how he proposes in one scene And then the next scene is they're married. And then in the scene after that, you find out that she's pregnant. Right. And in the scene after that, he gets the job. And the scene after that, he loses his job. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't, I guess I probably didn't have as much of an issue with it as you did. But nevertheless, there is that issue of it does feel like they got to hit a lot of things. And honestly, I... I don't know if anybody um, looked over this, looked over the script with him, but some of these things could have been cut out. He doesn't need to have a baby in this one. There is some things they could have either smoothed out or they could have pulled it out longer across the two-hour runtime instead of trying to achieve it all within the first thirty minutes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, I I definitely you know connect with that reckless spending part of it. You know, where he's like, oh man, uh, you know, what if you <laughs> yeah. know what I want if I buy like a Thunderbird and and whatnot. You know, that I'm I'm fine with it just only adds to you know that whiplash 
of an opening that we have because it's you know him going through so many different things and i can i can kind of you know relate that to him trying to find some kind of happiness in his life some kind of joy but still feeling somewhat empty um i can relate it to that but at the same time you know <laughs> it does just add on to the, i feel like that first act that is so choppy no i really i really liked that as well because he grew up dirt poor he was living incredibly poorly and he want he you know he got some money now and he wants yeah. to at first it is just kind of like materialistic in some ways like you don't really need a watch and he does get that really cool car they don't really need it but hey you know why not but then it does come down to like hey i want us to have a good house he doesn't even look upstairs or ask or even try and bargain yeah he has no idea what he's doing i found that seemed to be pretty funny but then at the same time when it does become serious and he realizes he doesn't have money anymore or even a paycheck coming in, he's like, I just want you to have nice things. Like, and I would hope any father would want that for their family. Like, I just want you to have nice things. And she says, we'll have them eventually. But he says, oh, I just want you to have them now. And I think that's a very relatable struggle or a very relatable thought. So I, th I thought all of that was very good but yeah as you're saying it's uh <laughs> we go through it pretty quickly yeah um the other thing that i was disappointed about because he was such a major presence in the first one but i guess he really doesn't have much left to do in this movie burt young who plays um his brother-in-law paulie he's really relegated to the background in this one and i know we talked about Pretty much once the third act came in the first one, he kind of just disappeared. Yeah. And all we need to know is that, hey, finally Rocky talked to um, Gazzo about him and he gets the job and he's got his zoot suit on and he's doing really well. Um, he, uh, Burt Young got an Oscar nomination last time and he just really doesn't have anything to do this time and they just check in with him a couple times. I mean... I can't really see how he could be further incorporated into the story. I just missed his character. Yeah, I did too. And it's it was all, it's him and it's also uh, whoever plays Gazo. They're both just kind of regulated to the background. Right. There's a little bit more focus on uh, Rocky um, with Adrian and Rocky with Mickey, especially once it gets to the second half of the story. Uh, Gazo, once he gets to the second half, just essentially just disappears. <laughs> I think we see him a couple of times in the fight um yeah as in the audience but that's really about it so those two characters like completely disappear but i do agree i think that uh, i do miss paulie's character kind of playing a more important role because i feel like they're, that scene when they're together at Polly and adrian's house when you know paulie does kind of go nuts and uh gets served back from his sister i feel like you know there was some you know a lot of meat to that to interaction um that we never really got this time around with his character his his character is very much the um they relegated to the background. Now, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I think there is a bit of hokiness to this movie, but I will say like the like the purity of it all is endearing. Like when Rocky runs up the steps and he jumps up and yells, I made it. He's made it before. I don't know what he's talking about now. Yeah. Just kind of some of those like lines. Um you know, I think a lot of people probably would see his closing speech uh, after he wins the title as sappy, where he's like yelling out, like, I, th I think this, like, I think God, and I mean, I like that he said that, but he's just like, I can't believe I did it, and X, Y, and Z. You know, 
I think in some ways that it, it is good and on some level it just is like I said this kind of like very basic enduring like you just don't really get anything that honest anymore I feel like but at the same time that first movie just wasn't hokey it just felt so grounded whereas this one there are those elements where it just feels kind of too cheesy or is trying to be a little too rah-rah victorious in some ways. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I feel like that first film captures that realism so well, right? It, like I mentioned, it's just like they put a, put a camera and followed a guy for like a, a month or whatever. Uh, that does a really, really good job at showing realism in a film without it feeling like an actual film. It, it feels like you're just a part of this guy's life. This one, not so much. And I mentioned this a little bit ago. It, this one feels like it's a movie, right? Which is not necessarily a problem. But when you're coming off of a film that did so well showing how that realism to now where it feels more like a film, I, you know, that's kind of disappointing for me. I, I want to see, you know, just an extension of what we saw before. What are the after effects of Rocky winning the fight you know, but in a style that's not what you typically see, right? I think that's what made the first one so impactful is that it's just this average guy. You know, we get to see his average life for the first half of the film and then get to see that dichotomy of when he has the chance to do something extraordinary, right? And this one is kind of, it's kind of different. You know, you get, you get to see him try to find the balance between an ordinary life and whatever he strive, whatever he loves to do, right? it doesn't really go for the same style, unfortunately, um, with the last one, which I was very disappointed in because I was, you know, that's something that I really, really enjoyed from the first one was its sense of style and its tone that it that it presented that of, you know, trying to keep it as realistic as possible. Very much like a Patterson um, kind of film. I, I love that kind of, I love that was my favorite aspect of the first film. So this is the second time that Sylvester Stallone is in the director's chair he did previously direct a movie the year before in 78. He directed Paradise Alley, which he also was the lead star in. Ah. But for a second time director, I mean, how do you think he did? I mean, for a second time director, I mean, he does very, very well, I think. Um, I mean, obviously, there are, are criticisms here where you can kind of also see, you know, his, you know, amateur style, um, with non-experienced style of filmmaking. But I think that, you know, what we have here for Rocky two only being a second film, you know, that he's made or sorry, that he's, that he's directed. I think he does do a relatively good job. Yeah, I would say that as well. It also helps that he's working with veteran actors and other people behind the camera right, <laughs> in yeah. the industry yeah. that honestly probably don't need a lot of direction, but I will say it does seem like for the most part, the direction that he gives is probably pretty solid. And I'm sure he's got a really good working relationship with all of these people um, for them to come back for this movie and uh, especially because it did so well. Honestly, he seems like he's pretty easy to get along with anyway and, mm -hmm. and just in real life. So um, yeah, for a second time director, I didn't know he directed. Um, I thought this might've been his first one, but I guess not. But you know, yeah, he, he did a pretty good job for it. Um, the character of Rocky, I don't find very engaging. Um, I did mention that earlier. And the reason why is because I feel like, you know, he's almost playing a caricature of Rocky from the first film. I mentioned that, you know, there feels like there was there was a dropped line where, well, this guy has brain damage, right? Um, a shot from a couple of people after he gets out of the hospital. 
I feel like, uh, you know, I'm wondering, you know, are they trying to go down that route? Is, you know, that what they're going for? But they never really, you know, explain that that's the route that they're going down. So I, I question if that is what their, what their intention was. Either way, Rocky just feels weird in this movie to me. Um, to a point where it feels like, again, he's playing a caricature of Rocky from the first film. I found that to be kind of distracting in my own eyes. It, it felt like Rocky wasn't as engaging or as interesting as a character now because he, I feel like he's either being played up or, he, you know, something is just different about the way that his character is presented here. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I think in some ways his character is interesting well, maybe not interesting, but at least as you're saying, kind of different because they are kind of pulling out, like they're kind of almost just shoving it in our faces. His, um, I guess, I don't know, his qualities that he is just kind of dumb. Mm -hmm. He just isn't very educated. He's not refined. He can barely read. I mean, somehow he got through school and can barely read. I mean, he practices reading kind of like children's books with Adrian, which is kind of strange. Right. I don't really know why we need so much of that. Um, but I guess I will disagree in the sense because I don't think he's playing a caricature of himself in the first one. I I've brought this up before. I don't think he's as much of a grounded character as he felt in the first one. Yeah. But, but nevertheless, I think his struggle in this movie or where he goes in life is so uh just gripping to me i found that actually to be very relatable of you know kind of achieving something great and then just kind of not really knowing where to go in life and then you you're you know you're the most popular person in the world everybody's watching you defeat the champion of the heavyweight title and then all of a sudden you're um you know and i think he got this probably from a lot of nfl players who are kind of on top of the world, they're making multi-millions of dollars, and then they end up working in the grocery store because they blow it all. And he right. kind of blew all of his money. So I found all that to be really fascinating and relatable in many ways. As you know, I've I've blown millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just kidding, not that part of it. But nevertheless, I guess I, I don't feel quite as harsh on it as you do. Yeah, I, I guess uh, I can kind of explain a little bit further um, because... I do like the struggle that he goes through. Um, it seems like that's something that we both agree on. We do like the the where the character goes. I think that's interesting and um, also very relatable. Um, I think my problem is, you know, it just feels like his character is more of a, of a joke this time. Uh, like they're playing him off as somewhat of a joke. Like he's he's always talking, always making jokes about you know whatever situation he's in, yeah. which isn't and it's played off in a way that isn't like what we first saw. And it's fine that you know Rocky himself has changed since the last film. I would have expected that for him to not be the same as what he was in the first movie. Um, and that's, so that, that part's fine. I think where I take issue with it is more to the fact of that his character isn't. I guess to me, it feels like it's not taking taken nearly as seriously as the first one. He feels doesn't really feel as realistic of a character than what we had last time. I guess that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, that's I mean, yeah, that was basically one of my criticisms I was trying to touch upon earlier was he seemed to write his character more informed upon audience reaction the first time around instead of just continuing the character. I feel like it's close, but nevertheless, as I was trying to say he did realize that, oh, Rocky's kind of a funny guy. So let's just give him some goofy one liners and make him maybe like dumb him down even more so than we ever really thought he was in the first one. 
and maybe just to make it more likable or something, you're right. There is a little bit of a funkiness going on with the character Mm -hmm. and how it's written. I think he is trying to just play off of the aspects that he realized, oh, audiences thought it was funny when Rocky did this. I'm going to write more jokes for Rocky to say or more goofy things like, I feel like a Kentucky Fried Idiot. Yeah. Like, oh, that's not going to get you the Oscar (laughs) for writing with that. Right. Yeah. I think that's kind of where I I think that's one of my main criticisms of this film is how they handle the character of Rocky, because I don't find him, like I mentioned, I don't find him very engaging at all in the story. Well, Alan, I got to say, I'm really curious based upon your your rating for last time. I'm curious how you're going to rate this one. So what is your rating and recommendation for Rocky 2? Rocky is, I mean, in some ways, I don't know what I was expecting having a sequel be made um, for the very first Rocky that came out a couple years before this. Um, so I, again, in some ways, I'm not surprised as to what direction it goes in. Um, I am surprised by how it was executed, right? There is always that question of, you know, or that there is always a difference that can happen between, you know, what does happen and how they, you know, and how they execute what they want to happen, right? This is a film where I like where it goes, but I don't like the way that they do it, right? I don't like the way that they handle the character of Rocky. I miss that really realistic style that they have from the first one that Albertson brought. I miss a lot of things in the story, but at the same time, I love some of the directions that this film goes, that being that, you know, that question or that journey of finding the balance between family and passion, right? Find the balance between what you love to do and what your responsibilities are, right? I find that to be very intriguing. At the same time, however, you do have this character, Rocky, who I feel is played off more or less as a joke, or at least it's his flaws are heightened to a, a degree that, you know, are make, that make him distracting to me. So, you know, there are, it's the give and take kind of a situation. I don't think it necessarily finds that balance um, between, you know, what makes, what made Rocky one so good, but at the same time, pushing his character farther to learn a more relatable lesson to that of the audience. So I got to say, I'm not as big of a fan of this one. Um, and I feel like, and I can't really speak to it now since I just watched it a couple of days ago, but I feel like I'm no, not going to be able to remember a lot from this like I would, ha- like I, like I do from the very first one. Time will tell with that. So at the end of the day, I'm going to say it's a six out of 10, but it's going to be a, a mild recommend. Rocky II matches, if not exceeds, the original in every way. The drama flowing from Rocky's life is organically continued. We actually get to see Apollo training with a closer look at his ego and home life. Characters from last time shine even brighter. I'm looking at you, Burgess. Rocky's crisis of balancing home life with work life is touching. Oh, and I should mention, Sly Stone doesn't shy away from his Christian faith. I found this plot to be immensely relatable, and it may be for that reason I controversially state I like Rocky II better than Rocky. Whoa. (laughs) Not by much, but I did find myself more engaged and invested this time around. This film is a great example of a sequel that's better than the original. Once again, controversial. (laughs) I can see why it didn't garner any Oscar nominations, though, since there's a been there, done that feeling with the story and performances. Rocky 2 receives 8 stars out of 10 with a strong recommend. Those are some, yeah, those are some controversial claims, Corbin. (laughs) (laughs) Rocky 2 being better than the first one. uh, Okay. That's right. I went there. And it's funny because 
Last time you gave Rocky an eight. I gave it a seven. Mm-hmm. You liked it better than me. This time we've switched. Yeah. And now I'm pulling out the eight and you're going down to a six. Yeah. I'm so that's yeah. not a good that's not a good sign though. Because yeah. you're going down and I don't know if you're going to ever go back up. <laughs> See, I was I'm wondering that same thing because we've seen this before, right? Uh-huh. A great example would be Halloween, right? <laughs> yeah. Now that now that series has way too many sequels, more than this one does, but this the they're comparable because they just keep spawning sequel after sequel after sequel. And I know that we're not even close to the end here. We've just began with this with this Rocky retrospective. But we'll see. I'm not going to say, oh, no, they're already, you know, they're already going to be not recommends from here on out. <laughs> it very much depends on, you know, where the series does go. This one is still recommend because of what they do with the character Rocky, um, that, at least to my mind. So I'm curious to see, you know, you know, what happens from here on out. But from what I've experienced, from what we've reviewed in, pa- in the past, I'm not holding a whole lot of hope for. Well, and, you know... I'm I'm wondering if I'm going to be like I am with the Karate Kid series where my order from like best to worst is like no one's order mm-hmm. and I'm like all over the place like I think it was like 5 3 I actually liked Karate Kid Part 3 quite a bit. Yeah. At one point it was my favorite of the trilogy. <laughs> oh dear. So I'm wondering I kind of do like it when it is that way. Uh, it kind of makes it more interesting for me when I do find a sequel to be better than the original or better than the one that came before. So I think, yeah, I did this with Star Trek. We reviewed like all 13 Star Trek movies. That's right. Yeah. And um, yeah, my ranking of those movies was just kind of all over the place. Like the very first one is like very much towards the bottom. So definitely go listen to all of our Star Trek reviews so you can see what I thought on that. But I'm curious to see what I'm going to think of Rocky 3 because if he can keep it up with such a strong duology here and it, this could be a fantastic trilogy. It could be, in my opinion, one of the best film trilogies that we have. I'm, I might be uh, bringing my expectations up way too high, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm curious to see what the next at least the next one has to offer. Um, not on too much hope, but you know, I do want to go in with an open mind like you try to do it with every movie that we do. But the question is, Alan, is this going to be a pickup or pass for Rocky Two? I'm going to have to say pass. Oh. Um, I did, like Ouch. I mentioned in the first one, I ordered it pretty much immediately after I watched it. Uh, that was not the case with this one. <laughs> um, we'll see if I do end up purchasing it, but I'm not holding out too much hope. Mm. Anyways, I do own the Heavyweight Collection on Blu-ray. I was really disappointed with this um, with this Blu-ray transfer, though, because it looks like they just sourced it from the DVD. There are a lot of pops um, in the film that definitely could have been and should have been cleaned up for the Blu-ray. Hmm. Um, it even has a higher um, encoded bit rate than the Rocky Blu-ray does. Strange. Though I did find out that the Rocky one um, is actually remastered, though, so... That makes sense. Um, ah. This one isn't. So I was kind of disappointed because it's basically DVD quality. Um, they Ooh. did they did give you a DTS HD um, audio track, though. That's courteous of them. Yeah, at least they did that. Um, otherwise, this the disc was completely bare bones. I told Alan, like, because with the first Rocky, you get, like, three commentaries, all the trailers, TV spots, multiple documentaries. I mean, deleted scenes, everything. This movie is bare bones. This disc had no special features at all. Man, that makes me not want to buy it even more. (laughs) (laughs) I was totally disappointed with it. I was really surprised. 
Um, I don't think you can um, individually buy it on Blu-ray anyway. I think the only way you can get it is you just got the standalone Rocky, but if you want the others on Blu-ray, which I'm pretty sure now that I'm thinking about it, probably all of them are just sourced from the DVD and slightly up-resed, but <laughs> hey, what, what can you do? Uh, anyways, after watching Rocky II, Alan, what else do you recommend that our listeners watch? Yeah, I'm going to say this is going to be kind of a controversial statement, but Over oh. the Top is one yeah. that kind of feels similar in ways as the same main actress or actress has the same main actor, Sylvester Stallone, yeah. uh, but that one is, as the title suggests, way too over the top. But it kind of Whoa. fits with somewhere, I, my feelings of where the character Rocky goes in this one. So that's going to be my recommendation. I'm wondering if you're going to be pulling out this recommendation when, we, when we're when we on like Rocky 4 or 5. I wonder that exact same thing. Um, I might regret this later, but that is going to be my, recommend, my recommendation for this time around. Because I was thinking like, oh, I might recommend that for Rocky 5. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> so speaking of sequels that are better than the original, I'm going to go ahead and recommend Star Wars Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back where I feel like it's a nice continuation. It capitalizes off the success of the first one, but it does things, I would say, even better. It's even more engaging and exciting. I know, once again, that's that's a lot less controversial to say because um, I know a lot of people that agree with me, but I do know there are those that view um, Episode 4, A New Hope, as a better film than The Empire Strikes Back, which is a completely fine debate to have, but in my opinion... It's Empire Strikes Back, so definitely go and check that one out. Well, once again, it should be no surprise that this movie, like we said, it did super good at the box office. It was a really big hit. Uh, critics and audiences thought the movie was awesome. No surprise, three years later, we do get Rocky Three, which honestly, I can barely remember anything of, very, very little of it. But I got to say, since I'm so high off of Rocky Two, I'm pretty excited to watch Rocky Three. I am too. I'm curious to see where they're going to go next with the character of Rocky. You know, now that we've had two movies with Apollo Creed, who's going to be next? Who's going to fight, you know, uh, Rocky next? Is it going to be like a Rambo situation where he just goes into a country <laughs> that's in need and helps them out? Um, it's going to be like, you know, him fighting something that the Americans are, you know, that's in America or I, I don't know. I'm curious to see where it's going to go. So the question after the show, listeners, is, is Rocky 2 actually better than Rocky 1? I know we, just like the judges in the first movie, have a split decision here. Clearly, I think it is. Clearly, Alan thinks that it's not. But we want to hear from you. What do you think? Do you think Rocky 2 is better than Rocky 1? I'm curious to see what you're going to say. Alan, thanks for joining me. Sure thing. All right, listeners, we will see you next week with Rocky 3. Hey listeners, it's Corbin. Don't forget to check out the exciting links in the description below that will connect you with more great movie reviews for your listening pleasure and our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter page. And of course, our official website where you can read great articles and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Also, if you want exclusive bonus content such as extra movie reviews, movie commentaries, and our thoughts on the latest movie news and trailers, plus more, then check out our Patreon page. It's a great way to help keep this show free, and it gives you great content that's yours to keep. 
All of that and more is found in the description below. Don't forget to subscribe whether you're on YouTube, Apple, Google, or Stitcher, or your favorite podcast service. And while you're at it, please leave us a five-star review so other movie lovers can more easily find our podcast. We love talking about movies, and we love talking about them with you. So don't forget to share with your friends and family, and we'll see you next week, listeners. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide. I determined it would take about 15 hours to watch all the films. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's about right, actually, I guess. <laughs> Are you going to go back and see this next one, either opening weekend based upon the trailer or at least sometime during its theatrical run? <laughs> um, I forgot to watch the trailer. <laughs> oh, okay. So we'll, we'll come back at the end and re-record re this. Okay. What else do you recommend that our listeners watch? That's a great question. Give me one second. <laughs> Movies like Rocky Two. That's exactly what I'm typing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna recommend I'm this movie you, I've never heard of. I I'm telling you, I am so prepared for this review. <laughs> I still gotta do the plot summary for the first. Yeah. <laughs> so.